Welcome back, everybody, to Chop Talk. This is Greg Fahey, your host. Tonight on the podcast, we have one of my friends that's in the strength and conditioning uh, world in the college athletics. I've known him for about six years now. A.J. Mott, the head coach at Western Colorado University. A.J., how you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you, Greg? Good, man. How's the weather out there in Colorado? Uh, it's not too bad. It's about 70 right now, but we had a uh, nice little uh, snowstorm on, what was it, Wednesday? Oh, man, you're uh, already getting Wednesday, snow Wednesday, we got about six, six to eight inches. That's crazy. So, crazy. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's, this is a sign of what winter's going to be like. We could be in for a long one. No doubt. No doubt about it. Well, everyone, um, like I said, I've known AJ for about six years. I'm going to let him give his background uh, real quick. I met AJ when uh, we both were working at FDU Florham. That's Fairleigh Dickinson University Florham Division Three School in Florham Park, New Jersey. Um, we, we met there. And uh, but I'm gonna get let him give a little background, and then we'll get into it from there. So just t- tell the people, you know, where you started and how you got to where you are a little bit right now. Yeah, so I, I wrestled at Grandview University in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, I interned while I was wrestling. Uh, graduated in 2015, and from there I went on to intern at the University of Kentucky. Uh, from there, took a grad assistant position at Fairleigh Dickinson University. Um, during my time, I, I interned at the University of South Carolina. Had a, a brief stint away from FDU Florham, uh, University of North Car- Carolina, Chapel Hill. And then I uh, came back to FDU Florham, was the head guy for about four years. And then uh, and then made my way out to Western Colorado and Gunnison, um, out here in Gunnison County. And, and uh, it's been a nice... Nice little transition. Smooth transition, man. Yeah, definitely. And now I know you you interned at some pretty high level places with uh, South Carolina and North Carolina. If I'm if I'm a strength, you know, kid, like right, like let's say I'm doing strength and conditioning internship at my college right now, and I'm trying to figure out a way to you know get into those big programs. What did you do, or or what could you know kids do now to try to get an internship or secure an internship in one of those bigger programs? Um, I, I think some of the biggest things is, you know, networking yourself, knowing knowing some people, uh, take some chances. you got to be willing to pick up and move across the country to get things done, and, and that's really how you're going to build that resume. Um, pick up the phone, send an email, just start building that network as best as you can. Um, that's really going to be the, the driving factor to be able to land an internship position because everybody's looking for free help. Um, I know things are a little bit different with the uh, with the whole COVID situation, but you know there, there's going to be a time where the, there's things are going to resurge, and and you got to be be on the lookout and willing to pick up and move whenever you need to. Yeah, and I think that's a good point, and I, and I wanted to make sure we we talked about that a little bit because you know especially in sports, you know you got to be willing to move, you know to kind of work your way up, and and for you, you were comfortable, you know your family you got some family in Jersey. You know, you you were uh, AJ was also the head wrestling coach at the Paul Catholic, um, you know, so he was doing that as well um, as coaching the FDU Florham athletes. So you had a nice kind of life, if you will, you know, head coach wrestling, head coach FDU Florham, and you decide to you know t- move literally all across the country and and take a chance on that. Can you just kind of speak to that a little bit? You know, go you know you went up a level. But you know, I know financially it was a little bit of a decrease, but you felt like it was a it was a better opportunity for you. So just about taking a chance. Absolutely, and and that's the other thing is, uh, you know, for myself, I'm not one to get in a comfort zone and sit there. I like putting myself in, in positions where I have no choice but to succeed, um, and, and really put yourself in uncomfortable positions. 
that's the way you only find out about yourself. That's that's the best way to find out about yourself. Um, and that's part of the game. You want to make it to the the highest level that you can, uh, whether it be you know D two D D one or, or FCS FBS uh, Power Five. Then you got to take some chances. And and what's the worst case? You fall flat on your face and wind up having to take an internship again, start at the bottom, work back up. Um, that's that's really the mindset you need to have. And, you know, and, and, and the, I was taught this at a, at a young age. And You know, we're, we're just occupying the seat for the next guy to come in. You know, that's really all we're doing. And it's unfortunate that it is that way in this field. But, you know, if you want to get anywhere and, and, and do anything significant, you got to make, make some changes and, and be, be pretty uh, – be willing to take sacrifices and, and – make those those uh hard decisions you know whether it's a pay cut whether it's moving 30 hours away from your family or right you know whatever it may be um that's really the the biggest thing is be willing to take a chance right. but always bet on yourself that you're going to come out successful regardless of what what you decide to tackle yeah yeah i i mean i think you hit it right on the head right bet bet on yourself take a chance and and go for it and because you got the job how fast, like, did you have to move? So you got the job, and then how fast did you have to move uh, all the way across the country? So I was offered the job, or what was it, right before July 1st. Uh, I accepted the, the job on July 2nd, and I had to be out here by the first. My start date was August 3rd, uh, so I left here the last week of July, or left New Jersey the last week of July. Right. So you so you had about a three four week turnaround, which is you know it's not bad, but it's also not you know you're preparing yourself six months out. Like you had to get your stuff and get out there, you know, within a, within three four weeks. Absolutely, and that that's the thing. You know, the the one thing I can I like to tell coaches and and you know potential coaches, interns, anything like that, like try to have everything that matters to you within one carload, if not a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can get a call up from from a power five school, somebody, you know, and you, you may have to be there the next day. Right. You know, that, that's just the way, the way things are. It's a very cutthroat business. Um, you know, you gotta be willing, willing to do that stuff. And, and I know, you know, you, you talk to some of the bigger guys that might, might have families and marry and stuff. They have to leave their families for, you know, anywhere from three to six months, mm-hmm. you know, leave their, their spouse to clean up the mess and get rid of everything and pack up and leave. Yeah. Um, that's just the way the business is. No, I know. I, you got you got to be flexible for for sure. It's not you know your typical nine to five type of deal. But what what really stood out about Western Colorado University? Because like we said, you were a head strength coach. You know, you had your head uh, wrestling coach, which you were doing well in. You know, at the high school as well. You were pretty comfortable. It was a pretty you know comfortable spot you were in. But like you said, you don't like to be comfortable. So what stood out about Western Colorado University that you were like, hey, I want to be here. I want to go there. Um, I mean, for, for one, it's a completely different part of the country, which is, which is awesome. Uh, it's very remote. Um, but the opportunity to, to help take athletics to the next level. I know, know the, the previous strength coach left these guys off in a good spot. And, um, it was just the right opportunity. Uh, I felt, you know, it was time to make a move and, and we had to try something and, you know, and level up and, and D2 was, you know, it was a, it was a perfect fit. You come here, you're welcome. You know the 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 coaches want to get better. You know the kids want to get better. Um, everybody's open to different ideas and, and whatever it's going to take to get to the top. And, and that's what really stood out. And, um, and it was just the right the right move at the right time. 
Right. Everything. Everything's about about timing. Like you know, essentially, everything's about timing. With the uh, with Western Colorado, um, what was like for you know for someone that's going to go through the interview process on the strength side? What were like some of the questions that you might remember that stood out in the interview process? Or, you know, kind of like what what kind of like that whole process, what was it like? Were there some questions that stood out that, you know, if someone might be going in on a strength interview soon, you know, um, could prepare for? Well, the whole thing with, with the whole COVID situation, uh, the, whole, the whole interview process was uh, a heck of a lot different than what it would normally be. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the first I had. Uh, the first Zoom interview was was uh, on a Thursday. Then the following Monday, I had a, another Zoom interview with the whole coaching staff. Um, you know, and, and that's from top to bottom, all sports. And uh, they they were asking, you know, obviously your philosophy. Um, how are you going to help us uh, win championships, but make better people? Um, you know, you don't like your budget question. Hey, you know, you don't have a budget. How do you plan to fundraise? Um, what are some ideas that you have? Uh, what what can we improve improve upon? Um, that seems to be a big one. How, how, what do you have? You know, ideas. Your budget's not great. What are you going to do to fundraise? That seems to be a big one, especially D two and D three. Absolutely, and a lot of these, unfortunately, a lot of these self or these strength strength and conditioning programs are self funded. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's talking to the right people, and you know, not not asking people for finances, yep. but creating relationships. And, and hopefully with that over time, you create those good bonds and whatnot, and then things start coming in for you. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Those are definitely important questions. And, and then you also hired like a couple GAs. Were there certain things you like to ask in the interview process when you were interviewing candidates? Um, You know, I, I always like to, to hear their philosophy and, you know, ask them, some books that they read, uh, you know, what, what, what are some takeaways? What, you know, who's been your biggest influencer um, and why? Um, what are some of the experiences that you've had in the past? And mm-hmm. What were the best ones? What were the worst ones? Where do you see yourself in, in about five, ten years? And different things like that. You could really get a feel for. Yeah, kind of their mindset. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you want, you always want to have a growth mindset. Um, be willing to be coachable. Right. That's really the biggest thing because when you start turning your mind off to things, then it's it's a done deal. No, you know you're you're almost like an athlete that doesn't want to be coached. Sure. It becomes that same thing. That now is- you become a battery drainer instead of a battery charger. No doubt, man. No doubt. And and I'm sure you can kind of pick those out when they come and interview. You know, in your uh, in your office. And then also you you were on. I, I remember when I was there. You know, AJ was on a few search committees. So and and I I actually thought that was pretty interesting because that that you learn about the process of like how the search is going, how your AD is going to run it, what's he or she going to look for, all that type of stuff. So did that did that help you at all like like kind of going through that process because if I was, you know, you know at any school I would try to tr- be on the search committee just to learn. Absolutely. And and the thing that I learned is people find ways to talk themselves out of jobs. Oh, really? They say too much. Um, you know, sometimes a less is more approach is better. And allow the the committee to ask you questions. Interesting. Because when, when you allow them to ask questions, now they're intrigued about what you just said. You know, and, and, and be short and definitive and, and, you know, be to the point. Don't be so roundabout that, 
it's going to take 30 minutes for you to get get through three questions. Right. What what about like you know? the uh like the whole theory about like, you know, bring a book with all your plans in it, like a coach's book. I know some people like it, some people think, you know, oh, here we go, another book. You know, what what do you think about that? I think it's very good. It's always something that the coaches can reflect back on. Um, I think it's it's an invaluable tool to have, um, but that doesn't mean that you have to hit every single point that's in that book. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to have reference points on yourself as to hey, here's where here's where you want to hit. This is the reason why and what it can do for those programs. Um, because if you have a bunch of mindless nonsense in there, then you know people people get to tend to get turned off. It's just like class. Right. You know, you got a, you got a short mind span that your mind can, can hang in there and, and really focus. It's the same thing in an interview process. You know, you start going for a half hour on, on something that's, that's uh, kind of, you know, that's in your pamphlet, you start losing people. Right. And that's not what you want to do on a job interview. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. And, and I feel like you sat in on like, you know, two or three of them. Yeah. Has, has any, Anything kind of stood out to you during those that of a person that maybe did something creative or said something that like where you you kind of were like oh I like that I might use that. Um, I, I mean it's been it's been a couple of years, but there's always there's always some things that that stick out and some things you like, some things you don't like, and the bigger but then, the, you had to walk them around campus, so you kind of got probably a good feel with them because you gave them the campus tour, right? Absolutely, and and I did. There, there were a couple that talked themselves out of jobs with some things that they said, and, um, and then you always you always have some different ideas on how to run a practice, but how we can always translate it to the to the weight room. Right. Um, you know, you, you might have pods where you know that certain pod uh, of kids you break them up because of whether it's a skill reason, mm-hmm. um, their class reason, whatever it may be. That's something that you can put into the weight room. You know, you want to break guys up by their by their age range you know you might want a senior with a freshman or, right. or by you know the amount of weight they can lift that way it's all relatively similar to to what that everybody needs on the bar yeah and and just speaking of the weight room in general you know because you and you did a great job rebuilding you know the fdu weight room and the back there um when when you went through that process right so you know aj basically redid the whole weight room on you know the athletes only weight room and you, you learned how to kind of like build it out. You dealt with the manufacturers and all that type of stuff. If you have that opportunity at, you know, any level to do that, I got to think that that, you know, kind of experience puts separates you from the pack. Uh, you, you know, I, I think so. But, um, you know, that that's not going to be the only thing that has to separate you, you know. And it's always a definite uh, – it's a nice card to have in your back pocket um, to say, hey, you know, I was given X amount of dollars to rebuild a weight room, and here's yeah, what right. we did with it. Right. Um, so it's definitely a nice nice piece to have. Um, but just like anything else, you know, you, you have to sell yourself. Right. Yeah. And you, you need to have those tools that are going to sell yourself, and then that's just gravy on top of everything else. Yeah, definitely. And then in terms of, like, you know, you, you've now worked with high school kids. You've worked with – you know, college kids, Division two, Division three, Division one. When you interned, what do the best athletes that you've trained do? You know, what do they do? Like, you know, think of like the best athletes that you know come to your to your mind that you trained at each spot you've been at. 
um, you know, what do they all have in common? What do they do from the, you know, especially from the strength side? Because you guys are, you know, you might be getting them after a practice. You might be getting them, you know, when they're a little, you know, kind of drained already. What So what do all, you know, kind of athletes that are perform at a high level do, in your opinion? So they, they have a couple couple different things that they do. A, they hold themselves accountable. Um, you know, they're, they're, if they fail, they know it was on themselves. It wasn't because of somebody else. Um, you know, B, they're, they're very disciplined in what they do and their approaches. Um, they demand the best out of themselves. Um, that's, I mean, it's, it's not only themselves, but then it becomes contagious for, for other people. Um, and then, you know, set, setting goals. They all have goals. Uh, that they want to keep attacking, keep getting better, and they'll do whatever it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they spend countless hours on doing doing the things that are necessary to make them better. Right. Um, everybody says they want to be good and they want to be great, but how much time are you really willing to put into it? Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I think that like the first time I really like kind of saw, you know putting in extra work in the weight room was at Providence and, and, and one thing that stood out was hotel lifts. So you're on the road and, you know, coach white would be like, all right, who's getting a hotel lift in? And, you know, like some of these dudes would go, you know, we get there the night before the two days before the game and they would go get a hotel lift in, you know, or they would get some cardio in at the hotel, you know, just trying to get, you know, that 1% better. And I never really even thought or saw, you know, kind of like about hotel lifts before, but that kind of really, I was like, oh, wow, like these guys are, you know, they're getting extra lifts in. Absolutely. And, you know, it's the mindset. You know, that, that, right. that's the, really the, the dividing factor and, and the biggest thing. And all those attributes that I just listed, that comes from your mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the biggest thing of what's going to be the separator when you're on the, on the field, on the court, on the wrestling mat, whatever it may be, in the pool, uh, whatever your, your playing arena is. Your mindset is what's going to be the, the divider. And yeah. that's what's going to be – that's what cuts those upper echelon guys versus the guys that are mediocre middle of the road. Right. And and especially like, like when you held those morning workouts at 6 a.m. or whatever and you had, you know, a couple guys showing up or whatever it may be, like those guys with that type of mindset generally are going to, you know, be more successful, you know, on the field or on the court or whatever. I mean, any anyone I can think of that – you know, I coached that, you know, was like, hey, can you stay late, you know, and, and, and shoot with me or, you know, rebound for me or whatever has always, you know, turned out pretty successful. And the kids that cut the corners usually, usually aren't, um, you know, and especially because you had, you had football, which is such a, you know, kind of like um, a grueling type of workout regimen, you know, sometimes, but where you have to go two days and all that type of stuff. Those football guys, um, you know, that you've coached, was it the same thing, basically just mindset that, that they were going to get in no matter how, how they felt? Absolutely. And and not last year, the previous year, um, the, the year that we, we had started, go, the, the summer training, and then the second year, that second year we had, what was it, six football guys. Um, it was five or six football guys that came religiously. Mm-hmm. Two of them were all Americans. One was the first team, one was the second team. There you go. And – I believe the other guys that weren't all Americans were either first or second team all conference. So they reaped the benefits of, 
of being able to, to come in and, and sacrificing their summer to get their work in. Right. Um, and, and, you know, kids have got to be willing to sacrifice to make make the jumps that they want to make. And those guys did, and, and it, it paid dividends for them. No doubt. But how, how important is it also for the strength coach to kind of also set the tone, right? It's like, you know, set the tone, bring the energy, kind of kind of do all that in, in the weight room or outside, whatever it may be. Like, you know, when, when I come in contact with some strength coach, if they're low-energy guys or – you know, not great communicators. I feel like that that hurts the energy of the weight room when they're in there. Absolutely, and, and you know the the thing is, there's a difference between a, being a high energy guy and being a cheerleader. Um, Interesting. You know, some some guys in the field, and, and I hate to say it, but they're glorified cheerleaders rather than strength coaches. You know, a kid can tell; they can see right through the the BS. Um, you know, and. and and they can tell when, who the good coaches are by the intensity that they coach with, um, you know. And, and don't be a, a glorified cheerleader where you're you're just running around crazy, just yelling for no reason. Yeah, you know, yeah. have a purpose as to what you're coaching up. Like right. for me, I, I'm not one of those guys that's that's a, a cheerleader running around the weight room, but I'm gonna coach my guys up hard, and, and you know, they're they're gonna be very well coached and, and hopefully, you know, over time their technique just keeps getting better. But I want them to know that this is something I'm passionate about. No doubt. You know, I, I gave up working three jobs so I can work one. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and, and I want those guys to realize it, but at the same time I coach people. I don't coach the weights. No doubt. So, you know, because the weights will always be there. These kids are not, they're going to go on and they're going to go be husbands, you know, mothers, fathers um you know and, and they're going to be employees and we want them to be the best that they can be and so any discipline that they could take from the weight room that we made them or, or we gave them to take that into their everyday life that's a home run for us no i totally agree and even my friends that play d3 sports d2 d1 whatever it may be you know it's it's funny because the the ones that played sports are are generally the ones that are still at you know twenty seven twenty eight twenty nine thirty years old getting a workout in maybe it's not every day like they were in college but they're working out you know two three four five times a week um, just because they're they they're used to that discipline that feeling you know of getting something accomplished and working out feels good you know um, it's kind of like a check in the box type of thing for their day so like you know if you can leave college where you're like hey I got to get a workout in you know, three times a week, you know, if or more, you know, you're winning. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just the, the workout aspect of things. That's, you know, we're, we're talking about everyday life, you know, being the, like I said, being the best husband, best father, best mother, best wife that they can be, mm-hmm. um, you know, dominate everything. How you do one thing in life is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going to be the, the, the divider and that same thing with the mindset. When you go into a job interview, what's going to be that separator? You know, is it going to be the person that's, that, that was a college athlete that's a go-getter that has discipline, accountability, and a mindset that, that they're going to do whatever it takes to get done? Or is it just going to be the college kid that, you know, skates his way through? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, generally, if you have more discipline and, you know, and athletes in general tend to, you know, be successful in the workplace because they have that discipline. 
Exactly. And they, they also have the structure, so they know what it's like to be under a structured schedule. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I, you know, I know that because uh, FDU Florham didn't have wrestling, and I know you're a big wrestling guy, but um, Western does have wrestling. And what I found, like, kind of interesting about that when you went there was, you know, oh, wow, it, like, AJ was coaching high school wrestling while, you know, being a head Division three strength coach. And kind of like when I was, you know, at – St. Benedict's and stuff. I was also coaching high school lacrosse and just trying to do, you know, a million other things. Same as when I was at FDU. Um, and I think that was really like, you know, really ambitious of you to go and be a head, you know, high school wrestling coach. Did that help you at all? Do you think in the, in the interview process that you had wrestling on, you know, kind of coaching on your background? Um, not necessarily on paper, um, but definitely for me as a coach, because now I see the other aspect of things of how kids are feeling at, with practice and, you know, it's a, you know, your practice, your schoolwork, everything. And then also see what the sport coaches have to deal with on, on top of that. You know, oh, I can't make practice because I have this or, you know, I, I have, um, I, you know, coach, I'm having a tough time with this or, you know, the, the other things that you don't see from strength and conditioning, um, and when you're a sport coach, you see those things, and now you can marry those two and create a better relationship, you know, to be a better coach. Right. Um, so that way you, you know what the head, the head coaches are going through, what the kids are going through, because they now have those different loads. And, um, you know, and, and those things weigh differently. Well, whether they have a test or, or whatever it may be, uh, it gives you a little bit different perspective. And I think that's something that definitely helped me out. Yeah, and I think just in general, like, you know, you you doing, like, different things or anyone, if you're out of Division Three, like, you know, it's definitely, you know, time-consuming, but it's a little less time-consuming as, like, you know, as opposed to, like, a Division One maybe, you know. So if you're out of D3, you know, try to do things like that, like, if you can. Like, you know, you, you didn't just go home and sit on the couch after your day was over. You were always running out to wrestling practice and, you know, coaching those kids because at the end of the day – you're just doing more coaching, you know, and you're, you're, you're out of the weight room. Now you're working on a different type of coaching, which is going to help you, you know, in the weight room, essentially. Absolutely. And then it also refines those communication skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, some of the best coaches are definitely elite communicators, especially in the weight room. Um, you know, and, and I think if you can, if the weight room coaches can get the kids or the athletes to communicate in the weight room, that just helps the, the sport coaches for them to communicate on the field or on the court. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, a huge thing is the communication aspect. You have to make everything crystal clear so that way your kids, you, you can have a kindergarten understand what you want out of them. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. What, um, what would you say is the biggest difference going from D3 to D2 so far in terms of, like, you know, level like the level change is it is it kind of similar are you know is the facilities different like what would you say is the biggest difference so far so um it's definitely a little bit different um we we have an athlete's only weight room uh which is certainly nice which is what what we didn't have at fairly dickinson we had a certain portion that was that was for athletics mm -hmm. um and then we also have a have an indoor track connected right to our weight room um so it's, it's definitely a nice perk. And then, you know, that of course, as you would expect with most jumps from 
D3 to D2, you know, you, you start seeing some bigger kids. Sure. And, and that's that's really the, the biggest difference that I see. Um, some mindset things are a little bit different. It's a little bit more, uh, I guess you could say, it's a little bit more blue collar out here. Right. So the kids have to work for everything that they want. A um, little, little different type of kid out here than it is back home. A lot of ranching kids, um, you know, and, and kids that are coming from some inner city places like California and, and some different places like that. And, but for the most part, it's it's blue collar. We're going to grind and, and go. And, and that's really the biggest thing that stuck out. Yeah. And, and I think uh, I think you hit it on the head with kind of like, you know, body types. I mean, that's what separates a lot of people, even from like, you know, low division one to mid division one to high major division one, you know, or D one, D two, D three, you know, if you, if you're naturally six, five and, and, you know, pretty well built, you might have a shot at, you know, division one, a little easier than like a six foot kid. Right. You know, um, I think that's, I think that's, you know, you hit it on the head. Do they, are these kids out there, are they coming in pretty strong already? Um, it's, I mean, it, it's, it varies. You know, it varies from team to team and from kid to kid. Really depends on what their high school program was like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know out east in, in Jersey, New York, the, the area is oversaturated with personal trainers. Right. Um, out here, it's a little bit more high school based. It, it really depends on if the school has a budget for a strength and conditioning coach. And um, sometimes you get, you get some kids that are really good coming out of high school, and then you get kids that have never touched a weight. And that's that's really the beauty of it all is you know you you create a developmental program. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, in in terms of programming and whatnot, for for people that you know, the like just talking about fitness in general and getting in shape, like you know, we were all locked down in this COVID stuff for a while. You know, it was easy to kind of not work out and whatnot. But for 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 like just getting in shape, talking wise. What do you what do you suggest if someone comes to you that's in the athletic department that might not be an athlete, you know? And I mean, I know I've asked you this a couple of times too when I was at FDU, like, hey, just trying to work out a couple of times a week. What do you suggest, you know, uh, I should set up or a kind of plan, you know, type of deal? If a coworker came to you and wanted to start working out tomorrow, what would you, you know, kind of guide them towards? Um, it, it would definitely, you know, you have to see what their base is if they're coming right off of the. Uh the whole pandemic where they haven't done a thing, just start moving your body, you know, and, and do things that you like. Cause when you start doing things that you hate, you're, you're never going to come in. Um, That's very true. You, know, when, when, you got to enjoy what you're doing. And yes, are there going to be times where things stink? Yes. But you know, you, you, you have to just keep pushing yourself, um, you know, and stay the basic movements. If, if you like doing a lot of cable machines, do cable machines. Right. Um, if you like doing dumbbell work, do dumbbell work, barbell work, same thing. Just stay very basic. Don't, don't overdo it. And don't think, Hey, I, I just took, I just had to take six, you know, five, six months off because of the pandemic. Let me load up as much weight as I can and yeah. you wind up hurting yourself. And also Start like, don't, life. don't, I feel like don't say, Hey, I'm going to work out six times a week, you know, and, and set that goal early. Maybe just start with two times or three times a week, accomplish that, then move to, you know, three or four, accomplish that, then move to four or five. Absolutely. And even start walking. You know, just just get get walks in. Mm-hmm. That's another way to start just moving your body. Right. Don't, you know, you, you look at some athletes that come in, they're freshmen, and they're so overtrained and underdeveloped. 
what I mean by that is they put a bar in their hands before they can even do five to ten quality push-ups. Interesting. You know, and, and what is sport? Sport's moving your body. Yeah. That's, you know, picking up picking up groceries from the from the car is is a somewhat athletic move. Like, it's isometric hold, you know, while doing a, technically a farmer's walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so doing everyday life, life stuff. You know, if you can't move your body, then you're you're in a world of trouble. Is that? But do you see that, like, with freshmen coming in, that like they're they're you know they just don't know right technique or right type of form? And I know college is a place where they learn that, but like if you can get ahead, obviously that would be you know a benefit to yourself. But do you see that when you're at you know all the places you were at? Absolutely, kids can for for whatever reason they think you know putting a bar in their hand is sexier than doing uh, than doing body weight stuff. So a lot of kids like coming in, you know, they, they might be big football kids where they're 250 to 275, but yet they can't even do a proper body weight squat. Yeah, it's crazy. But yet they, they put weight on their back and they can get down there. So, you know, there, there's there's something to be said. It's going to tell you, it's going to be a clear indicator if they can perform or not. Because if they can't move their body without any load on them, what's that going to tell us they're going to do on the field? Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're a high school coach right now, like what would you suggest to these high school coaches, like you know, in terms of what they could do or should not be doing, you know, with some of these athletes? I mean, you know, and it, it goes with goes in waves. Um, like your younger guys, of course, start them with body weight, teach them the proper way. As you start progressing upwards, you know, start using dumbbells for goblet squats and things like that, and. You know, and then maybe your junior, senior class, you, you start having them back squat, use a little bit more barbell work, but they need to be taught the right way. And that's that's where the United States falls so far behind in the strength and conditioning game because Australia gets their kids since from when they're in, you know, when, when they're in grade school. Same thing with Russia, same thing all over the all over the world besides the United States. We get four, maybe five years to try and get these kids stronger. So we're trying to condense everything down rather than than have it being over over years. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, I, and I think, like, just knowing those basic movements and doing those, you know, body weight exercises and building them the right way, you know, working from the ground up, getting a good foundation. Because, like, some of these kids, you know, that even that I see, they come in, and they really don't know how to lift, but they've still been lifting, and it kind of, you know, they're doing the wrong, you know, movement can kind of hurt them too, no? Absolutely. You're setting yourself up for an injury. When you, when you start ingraining bad movement patterns, you're setting yourself up for, for an injury to come. It's most more than likely going to be some sort of catastrophic in, injury. Yeah, and what about, like, pre, what about preventing that injury, like, in terms of, uh, stretching or, or doing some exercises or warming up, the importance of warming up. Or what can some kids do to prevent injuries? Because we see them all the time. You know, it, it's crazy. Like, we just had one here um, this past week. You know, a kid was running and, and got and got injured. Is there certain things that these kids can do in their dorm rooms or, you know, at home on break to just prevent injury? Well, I think, you know, we, we as strength and conditioning professionals, we can't prevent everything, but you're going to have some some injuries. 
Um, the biggest thing is with with kids these days, do not specialize. Play multiple sports. Mm. <clears throat> you know, that way you're getting in different planes of motion, different ranges of motion. You're using different body parts in different ways. Right. You, know, got, you, you look at basketball, for instance. These kids are playing almost, what, 100, 100 games a year in AAU? Right, yep. You know, what's going to be the straw that breaks that camel's back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, the three-sport athletes kind of, you know, has kind of died. But I agree with you. If you can, if you can play multiple sports, your bo- different body parts are being used versus just the same sport and the same body part, you know, over and over and over again, um, which is, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's tough to do. With um now with you guys, you guys have football out there, right? Correct. So for for Division two football compared to Division three football, what's the what's the biggest difference you've seen in the weight room so far? I mean these these guys can they can move a little bit more weight than uh, than some of the D three kids. Um, their drives a little bit higher as well um, because. You know, even though it's an outside shot, they still have a chance at, at moving on to a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you guys any guys out of there uh, hit the combine yet? So not yet. I've only been here about a month, but um, yeah, I meant in general, like for the school. Oh, Austin Eckler, who's the running back for the the Chargers. Uh, he's oh, wow. uh, he came through Western, and and uh, I don't know him personally, so I can't speak on on what his work ethic was like, and, right. but obviously it had to be pretty good because he, from the sounds of it, he made leaps and bounds while he was here. I mean, that's the thing and too, that, right? He, I mean, he went to division two and he, and he got, he got noticed by the NFL and now he's in the NFL, you know, and we were just talking about this on a previous podcast with our star Jalen Pickett at Siena, you know, going to the place that wants you the most and, and making an impact, even though it might be a little lower of a level, quote unquote, if you make an impact, they're going to find you. Exactly. And so he, I, I, I don't know if he was drafted or, or if he was an undrafted free agent uh, signing, but now he's a starting running back with the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. And so, coming you from know, the, the kid, from, from my understanding, he put his nose to the grindstone and just went and went to work and did what, what was required of him and more. Um, but like I said, you know, that's, that's just from what I hear. And, you know, and just because I wasn't here when he was here and he, he made out from the sounds of it, from hard work and dedication. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said before, discipline, you know, dedication, showing up to those early workouts, all that type of stuff is going to set you in the right direction. And I think that's the earlier, uh, athlete can figure that out, the quicker they're going to pass other kids on their team. That's, that's, that's what's like interesting, you know. You, you get to college, and especially when you're coaching, like, oh, everyone's going to be good. Everyone's going to have a crazy work ethic, but it's not true. Like, if you just work really hard and you put in extra hours, you're immediately going to separate yourself from like four or five guys on the team immediately. Then, if you come into Absolutely. this season in shape, you're probably separating yourself from another two guys. So immediately, you're going from. 17 guys on the team or 15 guys on the team, you're in the top 10 or nine right off the bat, you know, in terms of basketball speaking. Absolutely. You know, and, and there's a lot to be said for a good work ethic. Yeah. I mean, how many guys come in that you've coached just come back to school for football or come back for basketball, first couple of weeks of workouts, they're just completely out of shape? Oh, 
it's it's crazy and it's been even worse with this pandemic right um you know but but it, it's very very common yeah it's it's super common i think it comes down to you know getting the workout in when you don't want to do it that's the most important time to do it exactly and it's it's doing the things you don't want to do when they need to be done right um and that's that's really the difference you know guys will say oh i worked out all summer well what'd you do oh bicep curls and bench press yeah 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 like all right you know there's a reason why you look like spongebob right yeah. now <laughs> yeah man yeah just um just kind of and, and really like even trying to stay kind of in shape when uh when you're injured a little bit you know can be can be you know helpful too just um i remember you know a couple guys when they were injured they you know whether it was you know a minor injury or a little more serious injury they tried to just somewhat stay in shape and not use it as a crutch and get completely out of shape so when you are ready to come back you can kind of come back and compete absolutely and those, you know, that's that's where you really see the, the difference in work ethic. And now I know there's there's different stages of your injury um, in terms of your your mental and cognitive functions. Um, but you know, some, most well, the guys with the, the higher work ethic, they uh, they're the ones that that push themselves no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, it's. That's 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 pretty you know simple math. If you push yourself, you're gonna be you know in a good position um, to really be successful. So we're coming up on our 45 minute kind of cutoff we try to do. So before we wrap up here, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to give a couple shout outs to some people that they might want to shout out or some businesses or some family members, whoever it may be. So Coach Mott, do you have anyone you want to shout out? Um. I mean, there there's a laundry list, but uh, all, all the people that have helped me get to where I am, um, you know, it, it's there. There's a bunch of people, and it could could take a uh, a long time getting through. But no, I, I appreciate you. you having me on, Greg. I really do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm gonna do my my typical shout out to our local sponsor, Pizza Palace in Randolph, New Jersey. Love the boys at Pizza Palace, best chicken rolls in Morris County. But, um, you know, got to shout out Rob Mahala. He's our co-host. He's not here with us tonight. Make sure I get him in. But, no, Coach Mott, thanks for joining us. You know, I wish you the best out in Colorado. I know that move was a little crazy. But, you know, I think it's going to be a great fit for you, and, and I'm looking forward to see what you guys do this year. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And, and we'll see where, where this road takes us. That's it, man. Take it easy. I'll talk to you. All right. Have a good one, Greg. Later. Thanks for tuning in, Chop Talk guests. We appreciate it.